Hey everybody, we back again. We back. I'm Spencer, and of course we have our licensed clinical therapist, Naz. Trash can Naz, but they call me Dr. Trash. It's good, good name there. Uh, and with that, this is the Different Spectrums podcast, where we talk about movies, shows, and the mental health aspects that surround them. We also like to have some laughs, so don't take us too seriously. Or do. It's up to you. There you go. So don't forget to run up those likes for us. We'd really appreciate it. So today we want to kind of throw it out there that there's going to be some profanity in in these clips that we share today. Um, yes, just a little bit. Uh, so we're doing Dolomite is my name, starring the great Eddie Murphy. Um this was a great film for him. It was like one of his technically like comeback films yep. uh, for him. Got nominated for some awards. Great stuff. Um, so we're going to be doing that. And just so you know, there's going to be a little bit of profanity in there. So don't uh, don't get mad. <laughs> don't get mad out there. Just make sure you're not playing and you got your, chil- your, your children walking around your children. Sure. Or, 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 or you're like in the workplace or something like that. Make sure you t- turn down just for that part. Or um, put your head. Headphones on. Yeah, it's not really that bad, but, you know, he gets excited in the last scene, so. Yeah, there you go. Uh, And before we get into exactly what we're going to be talking about, uh, go check out our Spotify polls. Uh, A lot, we usually have questions when it comes to the pod um, that you can answer on Spotify. And so we would really appreciate if you could go on there and just fill them out for us because, you know what, it helps us. And then it also, you know, keeps you engaged with this show as well. So please go do it. And if you're on any other um, any other podcasting channel that we have, uh, go to our Instagram and comment for us um, yeah. your answers or, you know, just comment in general because we love some comments. Let me tell we do. you. Yes. We do. If they're good ones, I'll respond. If you're trolling, I'm going I'm to troll you back. <laughs> So watch out for some trolling. Um, So please go check those out for us. Uh, We'd really appreciate it. So today, like I said, we're going to be talking about Dolomite is my name. Um, And we're going to be talking about confidence. We're going to be talking about positive self-talk, which is, it may sound the same as confidence, but it's a little bit different. Yep. A little bit different, right? And we'll get into that. Um, and then we'll also be talking, Nas will be having a few stories about students and some parents because uh, there's some of that going on in these scenes. So with that, Nazir, anything before we get into the show? I, uh, you know, like I said, we're going to do some stories about, you know, how parents may talk to their children mm-hmm. and how it may affect them. And how they may move forward in life without knowing how it affected them. And then they may go into therapy one day and they're like, oh my God, why are my relationships so messed up? Why is it hard for me to be vulnerable? Why am I so self-doubting, so insecure? Why am I always in fear of people abandoning me? Why why am I feeling so invalidated all the time? So we're going to do some discussions around that. And then, of course, we're going to tie some things into autism because it's going to be autism-based stories. It can work for everyone, the the trauma from upbringing, but specifically it'll be neurodivergent focused today. So, let's get into it. Boop boop. Boop boop. 
Hey everyone, I wanted to give a special shout out to our collaborator, Two Nerds Candle Company. Not only do they have great products, but they are also giving back to a great cause. You can tell that they take a lot of pride in making their candles. My favorite is Spock's Monday Coffee. They are also donating 10% annually to support Women in STEM, which stands for Science, Technology, Engineering, and Mathematics. You can use our code DSP or go to our link tree to get 20% off your entire order. We think that this company is great and we think you will too. So go check them out. Rudy. Rudy. Man, I'm sorry. We was just having a little fun. Hey man, how my life gets so damn small? came out here with some big plans, Jimmy. I was gonna do it all, just like Sammy Davis Jr. Movies, concerts, TV, everything. This job at Dolphin's supposed to be my temporary day job. Cut to a million years later, that's all I got. Still got the California glove. Oh, man, that ain't gonna be the shit. I ain't got nothing nobody wants. Rudy, be realistic. You're not a movie star. You're not an actor. You're not Billy D. Williams. You're a comedy star. You happy with that? And I want more. All my life, people been telling me no. My daddy always told me I was a piece of shit. Just another dumbass country poor nigga. Thought I was gonna be a sharecropper like he was. <laughs> I can't imagine you plowing fields. He wasn't my real daddy know how. Dirty, rotten motherfucker always beating on me. That's why I left home when I was 15. Go make something of myself. Oh, man, we all had shitty childhoods, but that don't mean you can just will yourself into being a movie star. Well, why not, Tony? Should I will myself into being a comedian? I will myself into being a singer? I even made my own album in my goddamn living room. How come I can't be in the movies? I want the world to know I exist. Green, I'm giving you 24 hours to get out of town. And, and 23 of them is already gone. Willie Green, I'm giving you 24 hours to get out of town. And 23 of them is already gone. That's good. You got 24 hours to get out of town and 20, 23. 24 hours to get out of town. 23 is already gone, motherfucker. 23 is... You dirty motherfucker. You told me I wasn't shit, huh? You the one that ain't shit. Look at me now, motherfucker. You wanna know who I am? I'm Dolomite. Fucking farmer. Dolomite is my name, and fucking up motherfuckers is my game. You no-business-born, rat-soup-eating, insecure motherfucker. Dolomite is my name, and fucking up motherfuckers is my game. 
No business born, insecure, junkyard, rat soup eating motherfucker! Hey everyone, before we get into the show, please check out our collaborator, Bubs Naturals. They sell a variety of health and wellness products, including collagen peptides, MCT oil powder, coffee, apple cider vinegar gummies, and other amazing products. Go to bubsnaturals.com and use our code DSP20 to get 20% off your entire order. And with that, let's get into the show. And we back again. We back and we're live. Just as live as Anakin in that last episode of Ahsoka. Spoiler alert. <laughs> actually, you know what? I actually just saw a commercial for it that they just revealed it. So I'm like, okay, yeah. so they just want people to watch the episode. It's fine. There was a commercial for Ahsoka when I was watching Ahsoka, and I'm like, this is misplaced. <laughs> You're like, wait a minute. That's not right. <laughs> we're back and we're live. Just like Anakin. Oh, Anakin. Oh, Anakin. Um, which we will be talking about that at some point. Uh, yes, yes, we will. Uh, so before we get into it, please go check out our great collaborators. We got Bubs Naturals, Cure Hydration, Pinfinity, Silver Dollar Candle, Two Nerds Candle Company, and Cat and Raven Company. Uh, all great. All you can actually most of them you can get up to twenty percent off your order if you use the code DSP or DSP twenty or by clicking the link inside of our link tree. Um, we have a lot of great resources on our link tree, so go please check it out. Um, give you give you some things to do on there. So go yeah, do work, it. Work on yourself. Uh, also, also, please go check out our merch. We have a lot of great things on there. Uh, we have our different, not less, sweater and t-shirts and stickers for that too so go check out some of our stuff that we have we have some really good graphics tees um really good hoodies because it's starting to get cold again so hey go check it out and they're fairly different. priced so. fairly priced yeah. different and less You're di- we should make that one <laughs> it's different and less and uh, less huh never thought about it like that well Okay. And that's why you're in therapy. That's right. why you're in therapy. Okay. I keep some coming back. <laughs> it's a good Here's a t shirt. Yeah. Come back anytime. Here's a t shirt. Come back. I did I help you with your problems today? Well, I was talking to a client the other day. First 15 yeah. minutes, I think we were just talking about food. Fair enough. I gave him an extra 15 minutes because, you know, we needed to do therapy, you know, you know but the first yeah, 15 minutes, we were just chatting about food. It was a good time. There you go. Yeah, open them up a little bit, talking about some crabber goons or some shit. I don't know. <laughs> so let's talk about why your daddy don't love you. <laughs> Started off at the dinner table. Like, ah, that's why. I got gotcha. you. Yeah, okay. That's, yeah. <laughs> it was a cold right. Tuesday, 1975. <laughs> oh, what are they? Um, all right. So with that, let's get into this. All right. Let's so today... We are going to be doing a couple of scenes from the movie Dolomite is my name, starring Eddie Murphy. Um, so this movie is all about Rudy Ray Moore, um, who is 
at this in the beginning of the movie kind of a failed performer um he does comedy he does he even sings and stuff like that but it all doesn't really go anywhere um until one day he finds these uh homeless people that have all these different stories that do all these different jokes and um he actually takes on the persona called dolomite and he becomes just like this underground uh sensation and through comedy and he starts doing it and then one day he's like you know what why why don't we make a movie right why don't we make a movie and you know get all the cool things that we want to like kung fu anti-establishment and some some ladies some ladies <laughs> everybody like lady now right um and so it took him a while for him to actually get this movie even filmed because a lot of the people that he filmed with have never done a film before. Um, it's like in the seventies. So of course, like filmmaking's a little harder to do. Um, and so we'll be getting a little bit more into that, but then in the end, he, he actually gets to release his movie and it's a huge success yeah. and made like seven other movies or something like that. Um, as the Dolomite character. So pretty cool story. Um, and it's all based off a true story. True. Yep. yep. True story. And I think even Eddie Murphy knew Rudy Ray Moore, or he told him like, Hey, I'm going to do a movie about you. And he was, and this was when he was alive. He was just like, who the fuck is going to see that? <laughs> so it's a great story. And Eddie Murphy does a great job, um, in this role. So where can I find uh, it? Spence? We need to start telling people where can I find it? Yes. Yeah. You can find it on Netflix. It is actually a Netflix original. There it is. There <laughs> yeah. Let's boost Netflix's numbers right now. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> they need <to> fighter strike. <laughs> oh, that's right. Are you right. not helping us right now. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. We don't have writers anyways. Fuck them. Uh, <laughs> Jesus. No, I'm kidding. All the writers are doing great work. We um, yes, we support. We don't give you any money, but we support. Um, mm -hmm. All right. So <clears throat> first scene that we take a look at is uh, after Rudy kind of gives the idea to his friends that are in a diner, and he gives the idea of, hey, I want to take this Dolomite character into some comedy. I want to do some comedy and you know mo like two of them just don't think that's a good idea and they start just kind of talking mess <laughs> say gosh so stupid people on the podcast are going to be like why is he not talking <laughs> take a look at the YouTube video folks you'll yeah. see why yeah yeah alright um, and so uh, his friends kind of tell him like we don't think that's a good idea for you. People aren't really going to think that's funny, all that shit. And he goes, well, you know what? Fuck y'all. I'm going to do it anyways. Um, and then he kind of gets into the scene about um, him not being big. And he's just in this small box and he's just, he feels small. Um, and he wants people to see him and see who he is because uh, he had high, big dreams and high hopes uh, for his career, and they just haven't panned out. Um, I love this scene because it's, uh, I mean, I think we've all kind of gone through this, but um, it's, it's, 
I like this story overall because Rudy at this point in his career is a lot older and, you know, he's not, you know, the most in shape guy, which, you know, makes a difference. Like in the second scene that we watch, um, kind of gets told that, but, um, question for you, Nas, um, what have you kind of seen through, have you ever, let me phrase this a little bit differently. What have you ever kind of been at this point in your life where you just feel like you're in that small box um, and that you don't really see the light? I know you've talked about like your past and stuff like that before. Um, but, you know, do you do you ever have those moments still? Uh, it depends on how I take that, you know, that question. And it's a loaded question. So mm. uh, and there were scenes moments in life when I was young and uh, before my dad was back in the picture, I, I, I would, I would beg not to wake up, mm. beg not to wake up. I would pray not to wake up. That reminds me of that, those tough scenes. But I think more about when you just feel like you're boxed into a corner. I think that's more in, in, in university. I had gotten kicked out of school and I remember, uh, getting into trouble and I I remember just being like I'm fucked and I remember I had to move him back with pops after I got kicked out of university in 2008 and I'm just sitting in the apartment you know working with him and it was just like the worst disappointment and shame ever Mm -hmm. and 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 like Dolomite said I got nothing don't no one want what I got Mm -hmm. and then fast forward I do my couple years of community college get some good grades got two associate's degrees, one in science, one in psych. And then uh, I remember going to the big school out in Grand Rapids, west coast of Michigan. Uh, I remember walking on campus like, fuck, I got three-year bit. So, you know, Pops, when he talks about prison, it's bit. You got 10-year bit, you know, five-year bit. It's bit. How, what's, how long is your term? So for me, it was a three-year bit. I don't know how I'm going to get through this three years. This a long-ass three years. I remember sitting in class. In my first chemistry class, and I've already had a bunch of chemistry and did fine. It was my first one uh, at the big school. And I'm like, what the hell? Right. I'm looking at motherfuckers in class like, oh, this shit ain't. I'm in the wrong class. This mm-hmm. Y'all talking about shit I ain't learned. And I was getting A's in community college. Mm-hmm. Um, again, people don't want the shit that I got. Uh, in saying that, I mean, I was driving a real nice car at that time. Because mm-hmm. I was working with Pops and we were making some money and I mean that was good, but it was still the, you know, you're just not in a good point with school and school mm-hmm. is the reason why I was doing things. Nowadays, it's not like that. Nowadays, right. I live I live good, uh, not to show off to folks, but I live good. And so people want what I got. Mm-hmm. They want, you know, like a house, a new car. They want like stability, financial freedom, vacation time. So I'm not in Dolomite's position anymore. I'm in Dolomite when he hits it, hits it big. Right. Uh, he gets all his dreams and stuff like that, right? I'm, I'm, I was thinking about it when I come from the gym a few minutes ago. I literally almost have almost everything I've ever wanted mm-hmm. when I started college. Just a few more things I have to knock off. And I just got my license approved to work in the state of Michigan. So it's all getting ready to happen. But right. Dolomite, I think we've all, like you said, been Dolomite in that moment. I got nothing. Right. Don't no, don't no one want this shit that I got. Mm-hmm. 
I don't want to want it. The other day, you know, Pops is everyone who listens to the pod, they know Pops is disabled. Mm-hmm. And uh, I said something about me working out or and I was my legs hurt. And he said, I'll trade you. Mm-hmm. And I, oh, shut up, man. He said, no, you complaining and shit. I, we can trade lives and you can mm-hmm. be in my position with my legs. And I said, yeah, I'm good. He said, OK, you shut up. Yeah. <laughs> um, but there's a lot of people out there. I guarantee you a lot of people that listen to Pod Spence will feel that scene. Absolutely. It's a very literal and metaphorical scene for people to relate to. Got nothing. I thought it was going to be this. And I've been working at fucking Walmart for 10 years. I came here to do this, but somehow I'm like still at Walmart. Not saying that Walmart's a bad job, but if you had aspirations to do more than that, mm-hmm. what got in the way of you moving forward in that ladder? What what stopped you from moving forward? Maybe it was kids. Maybe it was a relationship. Maybe it was health. Maybe it was family stuff. Okay, that's fine. But can you get back to that next step like Dolomite does in these next few scenes? Yeah. Totally. That's what this scene made me think of. Yeah, totally. And um, yeah, like you said, I think we've all kind of had our moments where we felt like that. Um, and it, you know, and it's it's odd because we're not at, you know, we're definitely not at his age yet, right? And yet we've still kind of felt that, like, in our, we felt like our dreams and aspirations might not be coming true. Yep. Um, and I wonder, though, um, what would you take, like, how do you kind of... Um, accredit that to people like kind of feeling like even though they're younger and they have plenty of time to actually do things with their life they still feel like they haven't done anything yet uh i guarantee most most students uh most young folk under the age of like 25 feel like that because mm-hmm. in actuality you might not have done actually much you went to co- high school some of y'all might have went to college some of y'all are working right now so there's, there's not a lot of opportunities and there's not a lot of money. So like, what do you do? So you're still building the foundation, most of us in those ages. Right. It, it, unless you're privileged and you have, you know, family with like some money and stuff like that, then you can like do and have more fun. But it's really foundational those years and you're building something. So that way up, up and up you go. Yeah. And then it sets the foundation for affluency, money for your yeah. future generations. Um, you know, I was talking to a, a homie today and was about like not being so focused on the outcomes so i was talking you know basketball student likes basketball i was talking about kobe bryant mm-hmm. not being worried about the outcomes i'm like what are you doing today like what do you mean well i'm like okay you want to be this fucking rocket science scientist because most of my mm-hmm. students are legit aerospace engineers yeah or engineers or some type of in- working on satellites they're all like smart smart mm-hmm. um i'm just like damn okay um but you want to get all these shiny ass jobs. What are you doing today? You sitting here prognosticating and fantasizing about what you could or should do when actuality, you need to just like, do you need to just pass this class this week? Right. But talking, you need to just like study and probably read that book today. That way you pass the next class, this next test, and then you get to the next class and it all builds. So I feel like a lot of people that are in Dolomite's position, you're just setting up the dominoes so that way when it comes time, you can knock them all down and move forward. Do you so think, told- though, that kind of look a little bit too forward, though? Most people it's do. Like, you want to have dreams and everything like that. I totally get it. You want to have Correct. goals. But I also think that people kind of put a little bit too much uh, weight on themselves. Um, they do. 
you know and i think that's where we kind of go wrong especially at a young age instead of being like these are the building years they kind of go like i need it now now or else and i there failed is no now. right there is no now you got spence yeah. you got to build it build it mm. build it right uh Boy, I was doing a presentation with RAs the other day, just doing a talk. Mm -hmm. It was just a one-on-one -on -one talk on them taking care of themselves because RAs go through a lot of shit in these colleges. They got to see a lot of stuff, work with a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. So I'm talking to them, and the one kid, I'm like, y'all got stress? And the one girl goes, everyone says yes, and they got anxiety. One girl's like, no, I'm pretty fine. Everything's good. I'm like, you full of shit because I asked you to talk, and you freaked out. So you got some anxiety. One boy, though, I get to him, definitely neurospicy. Definitely neurospicy. Uh, and, and this isn't the reason why, but I'm like, what about you? He's like, no, I'm good. I'm like, oh, you, so you good, huh? <laughs> oh, okay, so you just chilling, huh? And so I'm teasing him, and he's playing on his computer while I'm talking, and I kept throwing it back to him like, hey, you can be like homeboy over here, no stress at all. And he just keeps typing, and he looks up and smiles. <laughs> <laughs> and I asked him, I said, why ain't you got no stress, man? And he goes, because I don't need to be the best at everything. Mm-hmm. He said, as long as I pass these classes, I'll be solid. I'm going to get this degree and this, you know, then this master's thing that he's got planned out. He said, I just need to do good enough and I'll still get the job that I want and everything. I don't need to be the best. And yet he still has high goals, he said, but there's not the pressure to kill yourself to get there. He's like, I'll get there. And he's going to be a fabulous pharmacist. This isn't a client, so I can speak about it going to be a good pharmacist and you're going to continue to move on where everyone else they said they were dying and burning themselves out to achieve and they were overworking and joining all these clubs and all that and the other boys like that's intense i don't do that i kind of do my school stuff and he said i just like to stay in my room and chill and he was like i ain't trying to go outside it's hot outside and i was like you're right it's hot mm -hmm. as shit outside and everyone else was like this guy's weird i'm like nah this kid's neurospicy it's fine <laughs> the he's one of us it's He's one of us. The pressure will kill you, though, brother. Yeah. The the pressure and the fear of not achieving that goal, and it's fine if I was talking to, uh, like I said, a homie today. You know, you want to do this one thing, and maybe you won't do that one thing. Maybe you'll be, you know, parallel to it in a different field, but the same like thing. I thought I was going to be physical therapist working with collegiate or professional athletes. Now I work with a lot of athletes, but on their mental health. It's almost mm -hmm. parallel. Right. The goal was to open up my own company and a gym. It, it, I'm still doing that. Mm -hmm. It's not the way that I wanted, but it's a different way, and it's still a way. Right. Just because you might not have something that people want now, mm -hmm. in actuality, your life that you have now is probably someone else's fantasy. There you go. Look real at talk. That. Yeah, for real. Um, totally agree. Totally agree. And some people just don't understand that you don't have to have just a straightforward um, path to something. It can always go, yeah. it can jump around, it can twirl, it can do everything, right? So, yeah. um, twirl. Definitely. <laughs> like, I'm about to get to my ghosts. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, Let's take a look at the next scene. Um, so the next scene, uh, so Rudy uh, has succeeded in being an underground comedian. He's very popular with people. He's uh, even the record companies. They didn't want him uh, to sell their, he didn't want, they didn't want to sell his records for him. 
right? So then he had to start doing things on his own. He pressed his own records. Um, he sold them himself, sold them to everybody that he could. And then he started doing, you know, his um, own like comedy tour until somebody actually noticed. And then he got his own management group and stuff like that. Um, now he's looking to actually find that, uh, find somebody to bring into the film industry for him, um, and create a Dolomite movie. And this is a part in the scene, of course, with TI having a lovely wig and beard on there. Um, He's pretty much telling him, like, no, we're not really going into, like, what your movies are anymore. Um, at the time, there were these films called Black Exploitation, um, where it was mainly black cast, and they talk about um, different uh, things that are going on in the lifestyle of black people around America. Um, a lot of great films like Shaft. Um, one that I really love was, um, uh, what was it? It was, oh, my gosh. It was look, Curtis Mayfield's doing the album. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Superfly. There it is. Superfly. 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 Oh yeah. Um, all black exploitation films, all fantastic. Go check them out. Actually, you probably won't because if you're, you know, they're they aren't really some of them didn't age well. All yeah. right. So, yeah, yeah, some yeah. of them didn't age great. Um Be so right. maybe maybe you know take a look at the posters um <laughs> even then they'll probably be like what the fuck is this do some women? window shopping motherfucker um but then he gets turned down uh for trying to create a black film for people and um and then of course then we see him walking with one of his friends who he's uh, come up with and he's telling telling rudy uh being like you know you're a comedy star why don't you just stop there you can stop um and of course you know rudy's just like no why would i want to stop when i can i can do more i can do more i've done all this by myself i can build myself up to be more um, i was told by my father that you know i wasn't shit and i wouldn't be anything uh, yep. but now look at me i'm one of the most popular like underground comedians out there right now um so for you Nas, you've definitely talked to a lot of students talk to a lot of clients um and might have parents that are, might be like uh rudy's yeah. right where they kind of want to bring them down um do you have any stories for us kind of talking about that where you know you have to as a therapist help build their confidence while at home the parents are you know wrecking it essentially yeah it's It's communication with a lot of these parents, you know, so they'll tell you like the parents narcissistic, they'll tell you that mm -hmm. the parents emotionally abusive or neglectful, mm -hmm. maybe a little violent, uh, emotionally like violent and yelling, swearing. Sometimes the parents are actually very loving and sweet, but since they're so anxious and like protective, they just over and over, they, they just grind on the person and ask them questions and questions and questions, just a lot of anxiety which then drives mm -hmm. my clients to be anxious and insecure because they think they're always doing something wrong because their parent is always correcting them or always adding on to it. So it just depends. Um, you know, what is really common is that, oh, like, okay, cliche. Like I just talked to a client. I said, I know cliche, your parents messed you up. I know I get it. And they're like, yeah, yeah, no, we've been over it now. So I'm like, I know, but 
And they're like, okay, it, now that I know this, and me and you've worked on it for like, you know, a couple of years on and off. Like, why is it better? And I said, you sure it's not better? Yeah, well, what do you mean? I said, it sounds like it's better. It sounds like you're communicating better in relationships and you're not being as, as needy as mm-hmm. you used to be. And you're not being as emotionally manipulative yourself. They said, well, I wasn't emotionally manipulative. I said, what you just said is emotionally manipulating. You're playing games in these relationships whenever you think that they're distancing yourself and then you make them feel like you're distancing yourself from them to punish them and then they come back to you. Those are games. Hmm. But folks that have this weird dynamic in childhood and you know, even as you become young adults, is the communication's poor. And it leads into poor communication with your intimate partners and friends. It leads into this game, this tit for tat. This, you do something for me, you call me first, and then, you know, I can't send you two text messages because of this and that. Always that fear of abandonment. Mm-hmm. Always the fear of being invalidated over and over. So Dolomite, it's a wonderful scene, this part. Because it shows him saying, my father said I'm going to be shit. And mm-hmm. I want people to know who I am. That's someone that's screaming out to the world, I want to prove him wrong in the most absurd way, the most fabulous flamboyant extroverted way there is mm-hmm. go fuck yourselves my clients usually don't go that route it's usually affecting the relationships and the dynamics moving forward so mm-hmm. let's say if dolomite was my client spence you're probably going to see either a lot of weird relationships and a lot of fights or you're going to see him being like a pushover or you're going to see him not getting involved in relationships and avoiding personality issues because he doesn't want to be hurt, but he's focused on a goal. I'm yeah. not saying that any of them are bad. I'm just saying that the dynamics of child childhood couldn't affect you. There's someone recently come in, and 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 this is common for a lot of folks. But they say a few stories. I'm like, okay, so here's a story for you. And I, they said, what? Someone in your position that may have a sibling or family member that's disabled, they get more attention. And when those folks get more attention, that means folks like you or I will have to be better. Like, what does that mean? That means that the attention is on them. So we kind of make ourselves and mold ourselves to be more autonomous, uh, more easier for the parent, because the parent already has a lot of shit to deal with with the other kid. So we try to make ourselves more autonomous, more self-sufficient. That way we can ease the burden on the family. What happens in that is we can become very good at being alone or we can become very good at always neglecting our needs because we're always trying to help everyone else out. So we become people pleasers because we have adapted to helping the family and never really wanting any attention because the other kid needs attention. There was a movie with this with uh, that explains this very well. Oh, actually, there's a TV show too. Atypical. Uh, the neurodivergent show, the autism show with the young boy. The daughter's mm-hmm. story is one of who gets pretty neglected. She goes through depression, suicidality. There's a bunch of stuff there. There's also the one with Matthew McConaughey. I think it was called like Wonder Boy or something like that. It was about the kid with the deformity. Oh, so that was with um, Owen Wilson. Owen Wilson. No, a white guy with a weird nose. Good child. Yeah, white guy weird nose. And then who was the who was the mom? Wasn't that like uh It was like Julia Roberts or something, I think. It was like one of them famous, one of them famous white lady. 
one of them white ladies. The one of chick who played in Pretty Woman. She was one of them. One of them white ladies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so again, uh, that one, it goes to show you the story of the child that gets neglected, which is the daughter on that one. Um, it can go many different routes, but if we're sticking towards the abuse in Dolomite, mm-hmm. it's a lot of my neurodivergent kids that don't get validated, Spence. Uh, you know, they get seen as weird or awkward, or that's a stupid thing to be interested in. You know, we need to get a job. You need to be more masculine. You need to be louder. You need to be quieter. You know, wow, who gives a shit about these Pokemon? I brought that up because the skateboard you just talked about. Who gives a shit about, you know, your drawings? Who cares about that? You know, one of my clients, I say one and I mean thousands. I said, you talk to your pops about that? And they said, man, forget him. I said, what's up? He said, I don't want to talk to him at all. Every time I talk to him, it's negative. And I asked, how am I, how are your classes? And then the kid will say, they're good. Oh, good. Keep it up. And then the, and then they'll start going into finding something wrong with the child. So that way they can like baptize them with negativity. I said, well, maybe they're trying to help you out. He said, no, he ain't trying to help me out. He's literally just trying to bring me down. Because if I say that I'm not doing well in class, then he yells at me. I said, yeah, that's not trying to help you out. So a lot of my students will avoid their family members or set boundaries as they get older. This kid can't wait to leave. And I said, that's right. And there should be no shame. Yeah. I hope a lot of people set boundaries with their parents because they're toxic as fuck. Mm-hmm. Thankfully, with many of my clients, it doesn't affect their relationships too bad. Like some of them are just still oblivious and still loving. And they'll still open up to other people. But most of them, I would say 40% are still caring. 60% are more closed off. And that 60% are the tough ones to work with. So some of the more recent individuals is, as I said, how do I identify this as an issue? How do I get better at it? I said, you continue to talk and have open conversations without getting super pissed, without running away and playing games or hanging up the phone. Mm-hmm. Does it make sense? You're a grown-ass woman now. What are you doing? You know, well, well, they made me mad. Okay, well, let's talk about it as grown-ass folks. We're grown now. You ain't no little-ass kid running away crying and then slamming your door shut. That, that shit don't work. No more. Right. How do we regulate and have grown conversations? Um. And you'd be like, okay, so why have I got, I got better, but how? And I said, because you're having these grown-ass conversations with me all the time about emotional intimacy. We're talking all the time about emotions and feelings and thoughts and processing things. And I'm pushing you to think about anger, sadness, volatility. I'm pushing you to confront bosses and friends. This is what you need to do in relationships. These are the things that you never used to do because you would just take a verbal ass whooping. Right. Such dolomite. Mm-hmm. Such dolomite. I think in the next scene, we'll see dolomite where he's actually in, in mentally and emotionally fighting his dad, but just in the mirror. Yeah. Technically, that was therapeutic for him, which we'll talk about. Um, yeah. All that makes sense? Oh, yeah. Totally makes sense. And I think yeah. that, um, I think they all need, I think uh, obviously tons of people need that validation from somebody. Um, yeah. You know, they need that from somebody, whether it is a parent or if it's somebody outside of that. But we really wish that it was our parents that would give us that validation from the job. You, you know, the, you know, and parents, you know, they don't always have to come correcting your shit. Sometimes they just need to sit there and listen and support. Right. So I told a student today. 
So Ma gonna come with that bullshit and she gonna become high, you know, overbearing. I said, validate them on what they said and, mm-hmm. and acknowledge it. Validate and acknowledge and then empathize that they actually just love you and they want you to do well. So they're re- they get real repetitive because they're neurodivergent too because they're mm-hmm. trying to protect you. Yeah. I said, for the podcast, me and Spencer are going to do a scene from Godfather. This is where my dad gets it. I said, we're going to do this scene soon. But they keep going over it and over and over and over it. Um, some parents do it out of love and protection, but a lot, some yeah. would do it. They're just mean, man. And the children are just extensions of them. And if you don't follow the normalities of what that parent did, mm-hmm. They may degrade you, or they may feel make you feel incompetent, ignorant, like a no one. Some parents, real talk, some don't want you to do better because you know that brings sh- shame to them. Mm. They could have did better in their life, and you did better, and then they get like weirded out and jealous. Right. I've seen that with clients, where the yeah. kids will want to go to college and they'll want to go away for college. Parents are like, you ain't going away. The kid's like, I want to go to this college. I got money. I got scholarship. I'm going to this college. And then the parent will legit cut them off for going to a college that they paid for. Mm-hmm. And which is funny in black and brown families, Indian, Asian, but specifically Latino uh, families, mm-hmm. you know, it's very family oriented. So for you to leave is fucked up. And then the whole family thinks that you're the piece of shit. Because you didn't stay with the family, even though I'm getting educated and none of you else got educated, but somehow I'm the piece of shit for setting a boundary with mom. I'm not talking about my story. I'm talking about other Latino stories. Mm-hmm. Technically, it's the same story as me, but you know, it's a different story for a different day. Right. So, with I mean, kind of speaking still on that, I mean... Um... It's like, hey, are you a nerd? Do you like pins? If you're like any of our followers and you said yes, you should check out our collaboration with Pinfinity. They have Power Rangers pins, Transformers pins, and for all of our bronies out there, My Little Pony pins. Go check out our link tree or use our code PSP to get 20% off your Pinfinity order today. Hey everyone, thanks for watching our show today. We just wanted to take some time to give a special shout out to our collaborator, Cat and Raven Design. They are a small queer owned business that specializes in LGBTQ plus pride soaps. They have great designs, some that even look good to eat, but don't. You can get 10% off your entire order if you use the code DSP or go to our link tree. Help support this great small business and help give back to a great community. Do they want them to kind of do the same path that they're headed on or that they've headed on and they're when they were younger? It's like they don't want that, but they also don't want you to succeed. It's a weird paradox. (laughs) It's a little bit hypocritical. (laughs) It's super weird, man. Like it never makes any sense. Uh, And my kiddos are always confused because how do they win? Yeah. They stay with the parent, they're probably miserable and they don't get to their goals. And then if they leave, then the parent and family thinks that they're terrible. And then we just have to work on accepting it, that some parents just don't have it to love you the way you should. Right. You know, well, you know, maybe they're neurodivergent too, and it comes off as like narcissistic, but you can, you don't have to be narcissistic and being on the spectrum. That's a different personality disorder. Right. You know, uh, some people just suck. Yeah. 
So what what would be like your own advice to people who maybe not have um, that person in their life, um, like their parents to really kind of push them to kind of push their goals? Would you say like have friends that are more like that? Um, have a therapist that's more like that? Or maybe try to seek out like um, maybe like a mentor or something like that. So we've talked about that, different strategies. Uh, at mm -hmm. the end of the day, if you don't get any of those things, there's still a good chance if you just keep moving forward that you'll make it. Right. And then when you finally make it to a safer place, that's when you can reach out and try to get like, you know, counseling, other mentorships. That's when you build your network of friends. Mm -hmm. uh, there's like safe chat rooms for a couple different things that are recommended through like suicide hotlines, you know, queer hotlines stuff like that, where you can like meet people and talk. Um, there's certain spaces where you can get support. But when you're finally at, you know, the collegiate, you know, 18, 19, 25, 30, mm -hmm. you no longer have to take that abuse anymore. Right. You know, you, you shouldn't be financially dependent anymore on anyone. And even if you are, there's, you can get off of that. You can get scholarships. You can just go on financial aid, take out big ass loans like I did. Mm -hmm. You know, then I got to pay all that money back. You you gonna be suicidal or you and depress the shit and drop out of college, or you gonna take out some loans, go in debt, and then go live a happy life? Yeah, we got choices here. Sometimes when they get to my office, just showing them the choices. Mm -hmm. Um, they come to me and I gas a lot of people up. I gas a lot of people up. Uh, in good ways. I like to show people on how they succeeded with me, but there's still like far to go. A client said, I just need a couple sessions. You know, I just, just need a couple. I'm like, damn, what am I like? Crack? I just need two hits. I'm good. I swear to God, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, I'm, I'm good. And then we get to talking. I'm like, so, so we're on session like three. I said, so much for them two sessions. Because we got a whole lot of shit we just went in. <laughs> you got that addiction. Yeah. You to got, your mental health. Yeah. You got a little too many hits. Huh, okay. Um, it's just always amazing because there's always something to talk about. I think I got a, a couple of awesome people that I work with on BetterHelp. Love these folks. And we meet weekly. We've been doing mm -hmm. it for like almost two years. Um, so this is outside of obviously working the university. Mm -hmm. And I always tell them, still book the appointment and we'll find something to talk about. Right. And if we if there isn't, then we can get out. Because you're already technically paid for it. When it's a subscription service like BetterHelp, you're already paid for it. So we might as well talk. If right. it's not a subscription service and you have to pay like every time, then obviously don't waste your time and go there every week if you don't need it. Um, but, you know, you're already paying for the four sessions a month. Might as well use it. And so we always end up finding things and relating things. And so I'll be like, okay. And we'll ask like specific questions. Do you like this person that you are? How are you molded into this person? And what are the things that we want to change about ourselves? What is it from childhood, from like Dolomite, that you like and you don't like? I want to say the nickname that someone told me that their childhood nickname was, but that would be wrong. But oh my God, I was like, this is funny. <laughs> uh, so we do visuals on children and who we think that, you know, would they be proud of us, our, our younger versions? If your parents, the, the demon on your shoulder, then we need to figure out who's the good person on your shoulder as you become of age you now get to choose who you keep around. You get to choose the voices that are in your head too. Yes, yes, yes.
It's a grind spence. There's not a full lot. We've talked about it before getting the supports, but sometimes you're not able to All get right. those. Um, <laughs> sometimes you're just not able to get them. Yeah, of course. And of course, we have new viewers and subscribers. So, you know what? We do. Guys. So, as Ben said, mentors are awesome. Friends. There's certain yes. resources that you can find that are free to find pockets online. Be safe because online sucks. But there's safe pockets online. And then when you get to certain stages, it should be free. You can probably get therapy. You know, as soon as you're of age, you no longer have to tell anyone about it. And it's free in most colleges. Um, there's th things to think of. It's really hard to make it if no one validates you. Can you make it? Yes. Mm-hmm. Can you make it? Yes. But you're going to be a little fucked up, and that's fine. Join a team. <laughs> we, 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 we all? What we call different. Not less. Go by the hoodie. Not less. Um, let's jump to the last scene. Um, so this is after uh, Rudy actually gets the money and stuff like that to start filming his movie. And uh, this is the scene before like they first start shooting. So they have, a, they've had a, like a bunch of other problems happen. Um, they didn't even have like electricity in the building where they were filming and stuff like that. Um, and through all of it, he's been able to find this like core group of people to really kind of count on and that they're, you know, with him and for him um, trying to make this movie and then also seeing success in that. So, um, so Rudy's kind of preparing for the first scene and you know he's talking to himself and he goes into a drawer and finds a picture of him and his father and his family um which then starts really getting him uh not only into the character but he's really now um really letting out that um anger he's had for his father for a long time um and i think that like you said i think that um this is a great him giving himself therapy, especially when it comes to looking at the mirror. Um, maybe he kind of sees himself a little bit in his father, just like looks wise and things like that, or just mentally wise. He's just, you know, seeing him and he's telling him like, Hey, you rat soup eating motherfucker. Yeah. Um, it's a great scene. And I picked this scene out really because it was, it's such a, such a great moment him just sitting in that silence looking at the mirror at himself um trying to get into a character that would tell anybody even if it's his father um just like you ain't shit and that i'm dolomite i i made it i did everything you said i wasn't going to um but yeah i mean I guess it's more of like, what do you think about this scene when you were first watching it? Sad. Mm. Um, because you Why? see the, you know, someone that sees a picture and then immediately there's negative feelings and negative thoughts. There's feelings that you didn't care about me. You said I was going to be a piece of shit a no one. And look, look at me now. I'm proving you wrong. So you're always trying to prove that person wrong. And so maybe you never really get any real joy, which is kind of sad because it's always about proving that person wrong. Right. Um, it, it, you just hurt for him to be told that as a child, right? No one, mm -hmm. no one should be telling the child, you know, this is all you'll ever be. Mm -hmm. You know how many 
children are ruined because teachers will say that, you know, or the, you know, friends or grandparents, they'll say something derogatory that fucking kid's uh, a loser or he's ADHD or he's weird as fuck. Uh, those things actually stick with you. And mm-hmm. you start to believe those things. Enough people tell you or they tell you enough times, start to believe it. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, Dolomite kept staying creative, mm-hmm. step, kept staying true to himself and what he wanted to do, his vision and his passion. And maybe he didn't get until his 30s or 40s. He didn't even start to really maybe to get to work on it until his 40s. Yeah. yeah. But at the end of the day, he still got it made it to the pinnacle of everything that he ever wanted. And so does it really matter if he got there in his 20s versus his 40s, 50s? I don't think it matters. No. I don't think so either. But like I said before, man, we just, we think that like we need to have it by our 20s and then we need to be like retired. Set. Yeah, we're set. We're all ready to go when we're like 30. That's never going to be the case. It's just for a lot of us, it's not going to be the case. Some people it will be. But for a lot of us, that's just never going to be the case. And there's nothing wrong with like just putting the work in and staying just true to yourself and then also buying time for yourself. There's nothing wrong with it. Something could spark up, hit your career, and then it just skyrockets. Good. It could. Um, yeah. I told Pops I, this morning, uh, sorry to cut you off. I told him this morning, yeah. I said, uh, I said, man, I don't know if I can do this shit anymore. I said, what? I said, I got another 30, 40 years of working. He said, you tired already? He said, I guess I retired at 34 and went to prison. I said, yeah, I ain't going to prison now. I just, you know, hey, I ain't doing that one. But, you know, I just, I don't know if I can do this for another 30 years, man. Grinding? Mm-hmm. I think I'm just, I think I'm just tired, man. I think, uh, just tired. The first couple of weeks of school have been tough. We're already four weeks into school. Wow. Bro, That's it's great. about to be Halloween. It's about to be one year since me and you went into Saginaw. Oh, wow. We're close to Flint, Michigan, folks, uh, where we had Colin uh, BFF's uh, baby shower. Crazy. Wow, it's almost been a year. It's crazy. It literally feels like it was yesterday. It really does. It really does. Just holding up drunk Colin. <laughs> yes, and then th- I thought he died. Turns out he almost drowned in a shower. Yeah. In the Which morning. I never thought that that was going to be a problem. Never That's the thing. That. Yeah, yeah, I guess for Apparently. some reason he likes to sit in the shower drunk. Uh, and he clogged up the drain and he was like coughing in the pool of water and I'm like, Jesus, man, <laughs> how'd he die? He drowned in the shower. I would love it if his little baby girl saw this. Oh old. my gosh. She'll see it one day. I'll tell her about it. I mean, technically oh, yeah. I have it on, uh, I have it on camera saved in my phone cause his Tesla <laughs> caught him puking in the morning. So that'll always be a good story. Like 10 years from now. Yeah, and then we have a. I have that video of us carrying him back to the. Oh, that's right. To the hotel room. So that was yep. fun. While he's one in year. his onesie. In his onesie. Yeah, one year. Uh, going back to the thing, you know, me yeah. and, and Colin and you might have had some weird childhoods, but we didn't have anyone saying that we would be worthless or terrible, or rat shit, right? I mean, yeah. My mom was still a good mom. My mom. Yeah. She still was. She never said nothing like that. Right. Um, she might have got mad at me and called me stupid, this and that here and there, right? Or because I was acting up, but she never said those things. Though that's real toxic. Mom's always told me I was going to be something. Mm-hmm. I was talking at the funeral to one of the cousins, 
and he wanted me to speak to his children, which I did about college and staying clean and all that. I said, you know, my mom took me to the church one day and, and, and the pastor said, you know, your son's going to heal a lot of people one day. I, I didn't even have a major pick. Mm -hmm. I remember that. See, he's going to heal a lot of people one day. I can just tell. I'm sure he's just talking shit, but still. Things like that make you be like, damn, they were right. Yeah. They were right. And yeah. it makes you think, how did they know? What did mm -hmm. they see that I didn't see? What did they see? Why do students like me so much? Why did the one girl the other gay day go, the other gay, the other day go, I like your vibe. It's, you know, I had another neurodivergent student new in there. It was awesome talking to this person. Oh, I loved it. Mm -hmm. Um, I said, my room's okay, right? And they said, what do you mean? I said, I got a lot of shit in here. And they said, yeah, it's okay. It's a little, you know, a little bothersome because you know, overwhelming. Mm -hmm. So the lights are okay. The fans are okay. Yeah, it was all okay. So we just kept talking. And the person already knows they're on the spectrum. They've been diagnosed on the spectrum. But the way I can articulate things and pinpoint why they're being overloaded and how to structurally regulate themselves and why they're freaking out, just finding out why you're freaking out being on the spectrum is mm -hmm. really life-changing. You may already know you're on the spectrum, but you don't know why you're destabilizing and having panic attacks. And I'm able to articulate it in a way and feed it to you. And you're like, holy shit, I already knew that. Yeah, you didn't. You just didn't have the words. Right. As soon as I identify things, I'm like, this is why people go to therapy, homie. Now we're off and running. And this depression that you're facing, I don't, I'm not sure if it is depression. I think it's you being overwhelmed and not being able to recover and not having your own personal space. Right. And so it's quite interesting being able to help these individuals figure this out. So I went on this divergence because it's wonderful working with people. And I wondered if I'd get to it in this pod and we are. I love when my students come to me on the spectrum. We can talk about wonderful things and we can only build on it. We can build on it. It's good. But sadly, I had someone come and, you know, I said, so, man, I think all this shit that's going on, homie, I think, I think, I think you're on the spectrum. And this was after they said their therapist years ago said, made it, asked a question. I said, you are. Mm -hmm. And I haven't had this reaction in a long time. They just start crying. Mm -hmm. It's intense. I don't want that. They say, well, well, homie, you got it. So I don't know what to tell you. Uh, this is why you're dissociating. This is why there's eating issues and you're restricting. Mm -hmm. This is why you're anxious as shit and you can't regulate in the bed uh, in your bedroom. This is why you're freaking out in class. This is why you don't like loud noises. This mm -hmm. is why. Oh. So now that we know this, we can strategize and actually do real therapy instead of you just going in there and like complaining about these symptoms. Right. Where if that person goes to their family, the family's going to be like, man up, quit bullshit, mm. you're being dramatic, you're already taking medicine, and they're not even on the right medicine, you're already taking medicine, and, and so the student only feels like more shit, because they are acting up, but everyone thinks they're faking it, they ain't faking it, Right. they're neurologically different than all these other humans, one of the sibling, one of the parents has to be on the spectrum, obviously, but your kid's different. It was awesome to change that person's life. Those moments, homie, yeah, are life changing. Yeah, uh, because you validate someone, you tell them, "I see you." You tell them, "I understand you." Right. Kids like, wow! I can't believe you understood the things that I said. 
I said, yep. You didn't say a lot of real good shit, but you said enough for me to put it together. You said some things. <laughs> Student today, bro, story time. Student okay. today, they was like, you know, have you heard of a of the movie called The Buff or The Buff Man or not Duff, Duff, or maybe it's Duff. The it Duff. Isn't that like the ugly friend or something like that? Oh, maybe that's what it is. Oh, that yeah. makes sense. That's that's why they said that. I said, what are you trying to say, kid? Like, you know, I get it. All your friends got, you know, boyfriends and girlfriends. Everyone's shacking up and you ain't got no one. I get it. You're mad. You're jealous, right? You know, you want to be with someone. I'm like, what's mm -hmm. the word? They said duff. Well, I don't want to talk about it. Well, you just brought it up. I said, what, what is it like being cuckolded? I don't understand. <laughs> They go, I ain't being cuckolded by my friends. Go. I said, know what that means? Go Google it. <laughs> if you don't know what that probably means, put the Google safe it. search on. Safe oh, search, cuckold. My blurry photos in there. They go, I ain't being cucked. I said, well, okay. Well, you know, I'm just, you know, thinking of what the hell you're talking about. Duff, right, yeah. duck, it's close. <laughs> bro, they were so cringed, bro. They were so cringed. Yeah. Um, it was the highlight of the day. That's great. <laughs> highlight yeah. of the day. They're like, what the fuck? I said, go tell your friends what your therapist said. You're a cook. <laughs> oh, another story. Uh, I was talking to one client, and we were talking about, you know, life, existentialism, not finding partners, all this crazy stuff, being neurodivergent you know, mm -hmm. and weird, and how they're self-sabotaging by, like, deleting everyone on Tinder, swiping left the wrong way, and... There's a bunch of defense mechanism shit so they don't get hurt again. Mm -hmm. And so we talk about it. I ain't got much time to find someone. I said, good, you're you Mexican. He said, ha. I said, but you're Mexican. So Brown, you know, we we take a long time for us to spoil. <laughs> and I said, I said, your, your mama yeah. Mexican? And she said, no, mama white. I said, damn, too bad. Uh, <laughs> and she said, my dad Mexican. I said, he good looking, ain't he? She said, well, I'm not talking about my dad being good looking. I, I bet you he good looking. <laughs> You got a mustache too. I bet he look good with a mustache. Oh right. yeah, that motherfucker be all in the milk. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> the milk mustache. Oh my god. Oh, the hummus mustache. <laughs> yeah. Oh my uh, god. <laughs> um, and and then I go, I said, don't you tell no your friends that I said your dad. And then she goes like, yeah, my therapist was talking about how my dad looks good. And I said, what? <laughs> oh, what? I, what? Uh, she got me. I didn't realize she was making a joke, and I'm like, don't, oh, "Shut yeah. up now!" Uh, don't you tell nobody. Don't you? Don't you tell no one, motherfucker. Uh, later on, later on, I said, "Remember, you got a lot of good things going for you. You know, you're good looking, just like your dad." And they just cracked up. Mustache. <laughs> Never. I have no idea what their dad looks like. I just thought it was funny. Well, you as know shit. what? I bet she'll look good with a mustache. <laughs> yeah, hey, everyone does. Yeah. Look at Vince McMahon. Oh my! <laughs> oh my God! This is such a pedo oh. stash. Jeez. Oh, he looks so bad. So look like it was stenciled in with a oh, sharp. Oh yeah, it looks like it's tattooed. Um. Okay, so we talked a lot about like parents, obviously. Yeah. Um, all great metaphors, but like legit, literal examples of someone getting completely shit on. Dolomite in this last scene is doing his best to fight these negative connotations and verbally express them. A therapist would have you do that. Mm -hmm. A therapist would have you write it down and then verbalize it to the therapist themselves or to role play it in the mirror. 
Mm-hmm. I have my clients do this before any big conversation. Okay. I was having a, an RA do this in a workshop because I think she's getting bullied or teased by her residents. Like, oh no, they like me. And then all the other RAs are like, no, honey, they, they fucking with you. Right. Um, I said, yeah, you need to email me. We need to talk about some shit so you can like talk to them. I said, better yet, just chat GBT this shit. <laughs> the one girl goes, we not supposed to do that. I said, well, well does it? Does it right now? Does it now? Let those robots talk for you. Yeah. <laughs> Um, the way he is expressing the anger mm-hmm. is valid, and he's going to channel that anger just like Arnold Schwarzenegger in the podcast that we did. That's he's right. going to use those emotions to actually make his acting better because you have to let out the emotions. Yeah. Um, and this is what I'll probably end on, and then we can go to a question and get out. Um, mm-hmm. I do a lot of working with my young women. Uh, on letting out anger. That is not a normal thing that we allow women to express because they're supposed to be more feminine, more caring, more affectionate, more docile. Whether Mm -hmm. you agree with that or not, that is the societal norm for most cultures. Uh, Men are able to express and it's fine. Oh, the boys, the boys will be boys. Look at him shoot that other kid. Oh, it's so funny. Uh (laughs) And so working with my young women, it's always trying to get out some of that toxicity because mm-hmm. it's just sitting in there stewing. So how do we get it out so where we're more comfortable speaking our voice? Talking with our chest up. Like confident. Not like no. not, not not dead chest. Right. Chest out. Confidence. Yeah. Head Tell up. Them. Not Tell head bent down. Dead chest up. Tell them. Well, as they said in Marvelous Miss Maisel, they go, boobs up. <laughs> um but for real, I do a lot of work on confidence with women speaking their mind. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter to what gender they're talking to, but specifically themselves speaking their mind. Because you don't need to cower in front of someone, and you don't need to break eye contact with some of these bullies or other people. If you're neurodivergent, you can't make eye contact, that's fine. But I usually don't like a lot of my folks to break eye contact. You look at them, tell, let them know you ain't scared of them, and then you look away slowly. But don't just put your head down in fear. Yeah. Um, I would probably tell Dolomite to do that to his dad when he sees him or if he was still alive. And you shake his hand and you'd be like, yep, this is what I did. And then you keep going. I will say, though, is that um, talked about it a little bit in the movie about how they're from Arkansas. Um, and you want to, th- like, you... You have to think it's kind of like um, what's that one movie, Fences with a uh, Denzel. A that's a tough one, right? Where um, the father figure is a lot tougher on his on his son yeah. um, because he's been through a lot of shit, right? Yeah. Um, and that might be the case here, even though it's really wrong. It's just like you know, he probably has to get a lot of bullshit from you know, a lot of people, especially being from the South and things like that and having your own, uh, farm and things like that. It's like, yeah. and then you bring that home. Um, that's not really excusing, um, how he treated his son or any of the family, right. Being it's abusive. outside the cultural norm though. It's outside the norm of black folk, maybe in the South and you're not, you know, you're supposed to be working on the farm masculine. Yep. So picture it as someone that's neurodivergent and breaking the norm picture as someone that is, you know, it's coming out as gay or coming out as trans. It's outside the norm. It, whatever the picture right. that the family had for you 
is now mm-hmm. gone. So the family goes through grief, and sometimes people express grief through anger. Mm-hmm. People do not like what is new or change or different. Mm-hmm. Most people will see different as less. Mm-hmm. But that's why we have the clothing line, different, not less. Spencer points to it. Go ahead, go ahead and just rub it right on the tongue. Yeah, you look like you try to shove your hand on someone's bra. Well, let me you tell know, you, won't be the last hair. time I ever try that. <laughs> hey, babe, come here. <laughs> like, damn, underwire. Shit's terrible. Yeah, otherwise, yeah, I don't know. It's been a while. Let me tell you something. Underwire kills momentum like no other. <laughs> Jesus Christ. You just got, that's why you just got to have them do it for <laughs> Yep. Just like, come on. There you go. I have one of them clap on one. Oh, there it is. There it goes. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Um, yeah, man, I don't even know what he's talking about. We're talking about being different, not less. Um, <laughs> um, I actually think that one day we'll probably do fences at some point. Um, I seen that it just came out on Netflix. It just came out on some streams. It was Netflix. Yeah. Probably did. Okay. Yep. And I do that at some point. I remember actually, uh, I saw the play when I was younger. Oh. Uh, so I actually got to see the play, um, and it was really, really good. Um, it was either that or like we went through the actual, um, like the play itself in class or something like that. Yeah, um, intense. But yeah, very intense. Um, I don't know. I mean, what would you? So you've already kind of given your therapy. Like, what would you do if you saw dolomite um, in your therapy? Um, yeah, I did, and I did, and if I had him in the office, I would yeah. first listen to what he has to say, let him express the anger. I would try mm-hmm. to build him back up and show him all the things that he's done. I would provide a loving environment, mm-hmm. and I would allow them to keep failing, and then I would allow them to get mad at me, and without me running away or getting mad at them. Right. I would show them positive, unconditional regard and allow them to express whatever they needed, but then also pushing them forward because they mm-hmm. want someone to be happy and to push them forward. Right. They want someone to be happy. And so I'll be I'll be your cheerleader. Oh, what's this that one guy? Cheerleader. That here's this a cheerleader song. It's a cheerleader song. I don't know. No, what the fuck are you talking about? I'll look it up. Okay. You look that up. You'll find it. Um <laughs> cheerleader song. It's a what? cheerleader song. What cheerleader song is there? <laughs> It's gonna be like, oh my gosh! What? I can't hear shit. Your mic's blast. It's there. It is. Your hey hey. This is your co-host Spencer, and I'm bringing you a special message from our collaborator, Silver Dollar Candles. They have great sense to go with great messages, just like best dad ever. True crime and chill. And my personal favorite, when this candle is lit, give me that You can also make your own candle and message that fits you. So go use our link in our link tree to get your order placed with Silver Dollar Candles today. Mike is cutting it out. This it is, is the okay. first podcast we've ever shot. Okay. Um, when I need motivation. My queen, because she stays strong. Yeah, yeah.
She's my cheerleader. It's sung by Omi. O-M-I. Why the fuck would I know that? You know the song. No, I... Do you need me? Do you think I'm pretty? Oh my god, I'm so dumb. Why am I singing? I don't know. I don't know. I'm cutting. What is... Thank God. Um... <laughs> You're not. You're not gonna cut it. I know you're not. Yeah. Not. Um. So, any type of advice? Well, actually, you know what? Could you kind of go through like what's the difference between like kind of po- confidence and then also positive self-talk? Okay, then we'll get out. Um. So, someone who's probably confident had, does a lot of positive self-talk. Mm-hmm. And so that's one distinction there, but not all people do positive self-talk. A lot of people actually mostly have negative thoughts throughout the day, ne- automatic negative thoughts, which we've talked about on the pod. Mm-hmm. So it's specifically like, I'm not good. I'm too ugly. I'm too fat. I'm too bald. I'm too tall. I'm too short. I'm not intelligent enough. I don't make enough money. Those are all the negative things. I don't do this right. Oh my God, what if I do this wrong? I'm so stupid. Negative thoughts. So positive mm-hmm. self-talk will be reframing some of those using logic. Are you actually those things? Some of you are going to say yes, because you, you know, you know, uh, low self worth as hell. I don't know what else to say. Uh, he's like, you know what, Nas, I ain't shit. And I'm like, oh fuck it, <laughs> you know. Okay, sure you know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'll get put on a shirt. Uh, ain't <laughs> shit. Um, someone that is confident usually trusts who they are. They have mm-hmm. what we call e- good, solid ego strength. They have a positive self-identity, an identity. They know their identity isn't just one thing. It isn't just academics or, or isn't just a really good sibling or it's multiple things and they know what they stand for. They also know that their identity will change over time, that they're not the same person that they were in 10th grade, that they're going to be in college, that they're going to be when they're 30. But they know that they believe in themselves to make the correct choices. They know that maybe they aren't the smartest, but then they can consult with other people and find the right answers. Confident people believe in themselves to figure it out. People that just think they're the best at everything, confident, but also a little narcissistic. Okay. People that believe that they have the ability to handle things are confident. Those people aren't just born confident. They have people validating, showing them that they can do it and they can overcome and achieve. Right. It's the people that haven't had that become a little less confident. Maybe they had too much pressure. Maybe they were the badass in almost everything. Then they get to the college and like, holy shit, I'm not confident anymore because everyone's smart as shit. Mm -hmm. Positive self-talk when insecure, when scared. is not just faking it until you're making it. It's probably even just being more rational about things. So, you know, I'm terrible at math. Mm -hmm. I'm the worst person in math. I am the dumbest person on this earth in math. Is it true? You're actually probably better than most people at math and you're like in calculus. So you're actually pretty good at it than most people in the United States. You just Mm -hmm. struggle on this compared to like, you know, 5% in the entire population. So you're actually pretty good at these things and you're not an idiot. Mm -hmm. Positive self-talk is, you know what? I struggle in math and it takes me a little bit longer, but I'll figure it out. I've been good at math before and I've enjoyed math, but at this current time, I'm struggling. There's ways to talk about it, which can shed an actual real and a positive light on it. You know, maybe I'm not good at this one thing, but I'm actually good at these many other things. Right. Maybe I'm not the best at math, but science and reading and writing, I'm actually very good. Positive self-talk. 
When the world tells you you are shit, sometimes you can even just say that you are really good at some things and just maybe you'll believe it if you say it. Mm-hmm. Positive self-talk is a good thing to do. So what he's doing in that scene is some positive self-talk, but also some of it's just getting out some anger and some frustration. Right. And I wouldn't say he's fully confident because he keeps getting shit on and everyone keeps telling him no. Yeah. But the confidence comes after he gets a lot of wins. He gets some wins. The movies are coming out. Now the confidence is there. Now you actually believe the positive self-talk. You don't even have to do self-talk because it's already automatic positive thoughts instead of negative. Mm -hmm. I'm glad you asked that question. I'm glad we got to it. Um, Folks that are a little bit more insecure, a little bit more anxious, will have a lot of negative self-talk. That's just automatic. You have to force yourself to say positive things, to say grounded things, to say logical things. I'm glad we got to that. That was a good way to end. Yeah, of course. Um, And, you know, please go on Netflix, check out Dolomite is my name. Um, Great film. And then it ends great, too. Um, They're at the premiere, ready to go see the movie. And he's like, you know what? I'm not going to go see the movie. Ignore this. Um. Um, he doesn't even go see the movie. He goes and actually just talks to the fans that have been waiting outside and are going to be waiting outside to see the movie. So great way to end it and love the movie. Love Eddie Murphy. Um, so with that, that is the show. Um, like we said before, go check out our Spotify polls. Uh, and if you're listening on Spotify, just do it real quick. Easy to do you're already on there so might as well try it um and then if you're not on spotify go on to our instagram we have a lot of questions we have a lot of polls on there as well so go check them out um leave some comments underneath some of our posts on what you think about some of the clips that we're posting and um soon we'll be posting a little bit more on tiktok yes very soon Yes. Um, yes. And we'll actually be doing like user content instead of kind of just posting uh, clips. Yeah. Um, Cause that's what we were doing before and took our, took our profile down. Sons of bitches. Yeah. Fucking all this shitty content <laughs> is on TikTok. <laughs> okay. Oh, okay. Let's take off this one. Cause they're about to hit a thousand followers. Bastards. Yeah. Um, that's what it is. I'm not, I'm not mad at it at all. Um, <laughs> Uh, and then please go check out our great collaborators that you can check out in our link tree and go check out our merch that is also in our link tree. Is that Blastoise? Looks like a Blastoise. Yeah. Nice. You got the same body as me. <laughs> you do have water guns coming out of your back. So I do. It's called acne. <laughs> I'll get you. <laughs> All right, please go check out our merch and then also use the code DSP and DSP20 for all of our great collaborators. Get up to 20% off your yep. entire order. Uh, with that, I'm Spencer. That's Nas. This is the Different Spectrums Podcast. All right, everyone. Uh, much love. And remember, take care of yourselves. Or don't. That's up to you. You rat eating soup, motherfucker. Oh, my God. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs>